Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I can't believe we're finally together again. I know. It's been seven months, eight months. Yeah. Here we are just ordering food, working. (laughs) It's like nothing's changed. I know. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to answer listener questions. That's right. It's our spring listener questions episode. Woohoo! Yay. Now, Liz, we should say, are we going to take a lightning approach? Is it a lightning listener questions oh, episode? Well, let's try. Okay. We should always try to be lightning, but sometimes we <laughs> fail. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah, before we get to our questions, I mean, we have a huge update, which is Ugh. that you are spending your last day ever in your house. So explain. Yeah. I'm a little emotional, to be honest honest, this is Violet, who, as everyone knows, has been sleeping with me for months now. Um, (laughs) Violet and I woke up this morning and realized, like, you know, this is it. This day is our last day in this house. We're going to Puerto Rico, uh, literally getting up at 4.15 in the morning, going to the airport at 5.15 tomorrow. There will be no daytime hours in this house again after today because we're moving to Ojai. The house is going on the market while we're gone. We're going to come back to a different house. We don't know which one. Our dogs are staying with my friend Victoria, God bless her, and her husband, Tim. They came yesterday to pick them up. Violet and I were just like, what? I mean, just like the tears, the tears. But it's wonderful because I know they're going to be in great hands. Tim kept saying, it's fine. We're crazy dog people. Just remember, (laughs) we're the crazy dog people. I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, (laughs) And Victoria was like, you can FaceTime with them every day. You know, it was so sweet. Um, Yeah, but there's it's a lot. So I'm packing both to go to Puerto Rico and to move to Ojai. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Again, a year ago, we would not have seen this coming. So it just, as we've been talking about, you just never know what's around the corner. You never know. Never know. Wow. 
Well, it was a great house. <laughs> I know. I'm going to miss it. I really am. I walked into the backyard and the orange tree just like... The smell just made, like, just, oh, it's so wonderful. But, you know, there are orange trees in Ojai. Well, Ojai is one of the best-smelling places on the planet, which is <laughs> probably true. one reason you're moving there. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. That's, that, that should be a comfort. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Shall we dive into our yes. questions? Yes. Okay, this is one we got from a few people. They say, I'm curious why you stopped saying how many years you've been writing partners in the intro. I enjoyed <laughs> listening to the number tick up each year and feeling like we are part of the journey with you. Well, short answer, it's a very ageist industry, and we decided that announcing how long we'd been partners <laughs> made us sound old. And it was not in our best interest, so we yep. <laughs> took it out. <laughs> yep, that's the reason. Yep. Okay, and then we got a question on Instagram. Do you think your podcast has helped or hindered your career? Do you think the networks, et cetera, listen to it? That's an interesting question. I really don't know the answer. I think in some ways it's probably helped, and in some ways it's probably hurt. I think it depends on who's listening. Some people are probably like, oh, I hate them. I don't want to work with them ever. And some people are like, yes, I want to work with them. Yeah, I think some people listen to it because we go into meetings and someone will have listened or be a listener. I think it helps in that it builds our community in the industry. And I think community is always a good thing for your career. That's true. But we don't have any sort of concrete data. <laughs> and then uh, another question on Instagram was, how do you get paid for the podcast? Ads. We get money from the advertising, which is why it's so great when you support our sponsors because it encourages them to advertise more. So thank yes. you for that, everybody. Stacy asked a question that I love. She said, when will the next meetup be? Ooh. I mean, that's a great question. When do we think the next meetup will be? I don't know. We had one planned, remember, for last March before yes. the shutdown. I believe March 22nd. <laughs> I mean, please. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we're rule followers. So we'll wait basically till everyone announces that it's safe and acceptable to have like a gathering of 50 people or more. Yeah, well, I'm thinking this is what I predict. The fall, somewhere okay. outside, and we'll probably limit size. Yeah. Based on the space that we're in. And will people have to wear masks at that point? I have no idea. All right, well. TBD. TBD. Stay tuned. And L. Hodgetts 46 says, I know nothing about Ojai. What makes it so magical? Is it more of a resort town or a residential town? That's a good question. It's a residential town that's also a resort town, I would say. Yeah. It's just really, it's in a beautiful location. Every evening there's something called a pink moment where the mountains look pink. As Liz said earlier, it smells delightful. Yeah. There are tons and tons of cutie groves, pixie groves, whatever you call those little small tangerine things. It also has a ton of artists. Yes, it's a very artistic community, which of course I love. Like there's an amazing yarn and craft and sort of artisan store there called Cattywampus. And it's up for sale if anyone would like to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Sarah, don't get any ideas. No, no, I that's the last thing I need. <laughs> it really is just the air. It just it, it just feels good to be there. And our friend Tracy, who lives there, when I finally was like, okay, this is real enough that I'm going to ask Tracy about it, said that 
she experiences 80% less resistance every day living in Ojai than she did living in Los Angeles. And I was like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds, <laughs> you will report, I'm sure, in detail on, on what it's like, and I, I can't wait to hear about it. Well, Liz, this is a good question also related to Ojai. Marianne asks, is Sarah going to have a guest room dedicated to Liz? Sarah, am I right? Violet is attending, and then she names the school. And it's interesting, Marianne, that is actually not the school that Violet's attending. She's attending the other <laughs> private school in Ojai. But gosh, Liz, I don't know if I'm going to have a guest room dedicated to you, because I have a feeling you're going to stay at the Ojai Valley Inn when you come visit. I was just going to say that. Likely, I will stay at the <laughs> Ojai Valley Inn. But, you know, maybe, 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 um, maybe I'll bunk with you occasionally. Uh, you're going to be, no, I, let's just be honest. You're not. You're going to be like, I'm staying at the Ojai Valley Inn and then we'll, well, which is perfect for me because then I'll come over yes. and we can work and, you yes. know. That sounds Yes, this is excellent. giving me a lot of reason to go stay at the Ojai Valley Inn, which I am all for. Do they have like a frequent flyer thing? <laughs> I should find out. Stay 10 nights, get one night free. <laughs> I should find out. Tenley asks, any recommendations for helping a questioner make a big decision about where to send a kid to school? Oh, boy. Well, Gretchen, my sister, of course, is the expert on the four tendencies, which are obliger, questioner, rebel, and upholder. And a questioner, as it sounds like, questions everything and needs research and can have um, analysis paralysis. If I'm channeling Gretchen, I would say, one, like, set a deadline for yourself. Ask other people who you trust their opinion, what they think, and maybe just go with what one of them says. And no, this is something Annie Duke said, Sarah, that a lot of times there really are no bad decisions. So you could literally flip a coin. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I would just add, involve the kid. As someone who is not a questioner but did recently um, go through a school yeah. change, Violet felt very strongly about the school she wanted to go to. She just absolutely loved it, and that helped quite a bit. Very good point, Sarah. Angie asked an interesting question, Sarah. She said, what will you miss when things go back to, quote, normal? Well, I mean, isn't the big thing just like being with our families all the time? As uh, you know, on the one hand, I'm sure we all of us can't wait to just stop being around each other all the time. <laughs> but like, it's going to be hard when Violet is at school all day and I'm at work all day. I I'm used to being able to see her anytime I want and having our dogs be with us. Like, it, there's just a closeness that's happened over the last year plus that's going to be, uh, I will miss it. Yeah. When Jack went back to school because he's at school again, it just felt it feels so lonely during the day Yeah, with him gone. Although, of course, I'm thrilled that he's back at school. The other thing, Sarah, you know, work-wise that I'll miss is the weird thing about Zoom is that in some ways it's so impersonal because you're not together, but in some ways it's so personal because you're seeing into people's homes, you see their pets, their kids often wander in, <laughs> or you hear their wife like calling for them or whatever. And it, in a way, it's stripped away a lot of this, the professional veneer and has made us all real people to each other, even if we're not in the same room. And I think in some ways I will miss that 
Although, as we both have discussed, I predict Zooming will be here to stay to some degree forever. So maybe we'll be able to sort of get the best of both worlds. Yes, I 100% agree. Okay, let's see. And then we got an Instagram question asking, will our families go with us to Puerto Rico? And if so, the animals. And how long will be their filming? Violet is coming with me. The dogs are staying here. Jack is staying home with Adam. He, as I said, is back at school. And I mean, there's no way he wanted to not, you know, not be at school. So he will be here. And that's going to be hard. But thank goodness for FaceTime. Indeed. And we're going to be there. We don't know. We bought one-way tickets, <laughs> which is... I haven't bought a one-way ticket, Sarah, since I moved to Los Angeles. It's very disconcerting. It yeah. really is. We're not going to be there probably for the entire shooting of the show, but we'll be there for a very good chunk of it. And we make, yeah. we may do a little bit of back and forth. It just sort of depends how things shake out. Yeah, it's harder with COVID to do the back and forth thing. You have to kind of go and just commit to being there. So we'll be there at least a couple months, maybe, maybe three. I don't know. Mm. I just saw see. the look on Liz's face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Easy for me to say. I'm traveling with Violet. I'm sure uh, you'll be back at least. Yes. And Brenda said, as you think about heading to Puerto Rico, do you speak any Spanish? So little. So I have been little. trying to study Spanish on Rosetta Stone, but my time is so limited that it's, you know, it's not good. Well, Sarah, I have told myself that if Fantasy Island is a success, as I think it should be, I will set about learning Spanish. That will be my my thing. If 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 it seems like we're really gonna do this, I will commit to learning Spanish, which I've been wanting to learn forever anyway. Yes. Okay, same. I will make the same commitment. Oh, Liz, well this is a very important question from Sarah and Tracy. Both wanna know about the pants that you found and liked for our Puerto Rico adventure. Sarah, that is such a good question. I think we should save it for after the ad break. When we come back, <laughs> I will reveal what pants I have bought for Puerto Rico. Woohoo! But first this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, we're back, and I'm going to answer Sarah and Tracy's question about what pants I bought for Puerto Rico. So in an episode um, when we found out about Puerto Rico, we asked listeners for suggestions about um, what should we wear on set when we're there, because we know it's going to be very hot, tropical weather, 
and we really weren't sure. So we got so many great suggestions. I I think as a way of dealing with anxiety, apparently my personal canary in a coal mine is buying pants. <laughs> so I have bought a lot of pants. Um, I bought the Brooklyn pants from Athleta, which about 20 people recommended. <laughs> I bought a couple different pants from a company, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's spelled V-U-O-R-I. I bought the big thing, Sarah, that I leaned into is linen joggers. I went bonkers on linen joggers. Gap has these linen cargo pant joggers. And I am embarrassed to say I bought like five colors of them. (laughs) I mean, they were 50% off. So I'll be wearing basically linen joggers, a t-shirt and sneakers. That's probably going to be the uniform most days. Nice. And I bought other pants, but I'm just too embarrassed to even go into it. (laughs) Liz, we got another Instagram question that asks, how do you and your husband balance parenting household duties when you work in the same industry with, I imagine, the same amount of work stuff pulling you in different directions? Does one year one parent get to go all out in their career while the other holds back? That's a great question. I feel like Adam and I have been lucky in that most times when one of us is more insane, the other is less insane with work. But I do think, yes, it has an impact. Like right now, doing what we're doing, Adam really can't, for instance, run a show. I mean, he just, it would be, it just wouldn't work because there would literally be no one to take care of Jack at all because we're not set up for that at this moment. Well, and certainly not in a pandemic. It's like, yes. But you know what's nice about it, I'll say, is that he really understands and I understand. So again, leaving with a one-way ticket to Puerto Rico, he's just like, well, you know, you do what you have to do. He has no issue with it whatsoever. He doesn't feel put upon in any way that I'm leaving, that he's going to be like, you know, the only parent for a couple of months. He's just rolling with it. And I have to say, it's one of the greatest things about him because he just doesn't put any guilt on me at all. And hopefully I wouldn't put any guilt on him, you know, either. Okay, Sarah, Pinecrest40 wants to know, what do Jack and Violet think of your work? Oh, um, well, Violet thinks it's fun. One, she thinks she's better at it than I am. She's hmm. always like, I could. what's the problem that you're having with the A story? I, I'm <laughs> sure I could fix it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and she likes it because she gets to, you know, like right now we're going to Puerto Rico. She's like, I get to live in Puerto Rico. And, you know, when she was a baby, we lived in Hungary for a couple of months. And when she was three, we lived in New York for a couple of months. So she likes that part of it quite a bit. And she likes coming to set, although she doesn't get to do it very often. Yeah. Jack loves thinking of fantasies. He thinks we should do a professional wrestling fantasy. He feels very strongly about that. And he loves that we're (laughs) podcasters. Oh, Violet loves that, too. I think it goes with the YouTube of it all. Yes, she loves it because, like, there have been times when we would be at a restaurant or, like, one time at Disney on Ice and someone was like, are you Sarah Fain? You know, when she was there and she got so excited because they listened to Happier in Hollywood and she was just like, oh, my mom is so famous. (laughs) (laughs) Elaine wants to know, how did you two meet? I know it was in school, but what age? We were 14. I started uh, at the school that you went to our freshman year of high school. 
So we met when we were 14. Yes. And we hit it off right away. (laughs) Kelly says, if you all had to pick a second career, what type of job or career would you choose? Oh, gosh. I think, um, I mean, the weird thing is if I had a second career, I would be a writer. I would just write books, I think. And maybe be a writing teacher. Mm, I think, um, and I don't know if this quite counts because, again, it's adjacent, but I think I would want to be an agent. Oh, I like really? Yeah, I like talking to people. I like meetings, as you know. You want to be a wheeler dealer? I'd love to be a wheeler dealer. <laughs> but you know what, Sarah? Actually, if I, if I was like looking back and doing it again, I might, um, I would go to business school. I feel a real lack of knowledge about business and economics and and that kind of thing. And I would just, I wish I'd gone to business school. I mean, I don't because I'm happy with how things turned out, but maybe I would go to business school and just see where that led me. Well, it might lead you to exactly the same place, but just with more information, you know, I wish you'd gone to business school, Liz. Exactly. Um, Liz Connie Ann wants to know what the status of Final Girls Support Group is. Well, sadly, Final Girls Support Group is no longer happening. At least, you know, not with us. Yes. And not with the company that it was happening with. The company's option expired and the negotiations for an extension went sideways and therefore that project is not happening well it may happen somewhere else with other people yeah and it's just one of those times we put an enormous amount of work into it and you just kind of have to take your licks and you know move on yeah and it sucked because it had nothing to do with us so it almost like i would much rather that we had messed something up and it was like oh this is terrible we can't do this because then at least we could like own it yeah. This was just things so out of our control that it was really frustrating. Yes, yeah, so we're bummed, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Coming up, we give Ryan advice for someone trying to break into the biz post-pandemic. But first, this break. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local Local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Okay, Liz, we're back. What is your advice for Ryan, who is trying to break into the biz post-pandemic? Boy, that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know if it'll be different post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic, Always like having great material is your number one asset. We always say that. 
One word of caution, Sarah, I just feel compelled to share um, with (laughs) listeners is for TV writing specifically, the business has changed. Like when we started, you could be a TV writer and like really have a stable career that where like you were working all year, every year, and you sort of could have some sense that you knew what was going to happen for the next five years. And that has just disappeared. And most orders are 10 episodes. 13 episodes seems like a lot now. I know. Sometimes six. I mean, orders will be six or eight episodes. And when you do these short orders, you don't, obviously, you make a lot less money. And it's not like you can just do six and then six and then six. There's the way the nature of it, the project sort of nature of it, there's often a long time between jobs. So even if you're on a show, I mean, I guess if you're on a show for six years and they only do 10 episodes, maybe they keep working, but that's rare. So I just like want everybody to be aware that if you're breaking into the business that like you're not going to have a stable life even less than it used to be. So just like mentally think about if that's something you want to take on. Yeah. Maybe all businesses are like that now, though. Maybe that's just the nature of the American economy. Right. The sort of everything is a gig economy in yeah. some ways now, maybe. I don't know. We always say, I mean, it's really the same. Get a great writer's group. We think working at an agency is a fantastic way to get into the business. Like, it's interesting because he just said breaking into the biz. He didn't say if he's a writer or uh, wants to be a producer or director. Whatever you want to be, if you start in the mailroom of an agency, you will learn the business inside out. Yes. And then network, 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 because it really is about who you know and and them telling you about opportunities. Absolutely. You have to make it your whole life, essentially. You do. And you have to give it time. I mean, it just does not happen overnight. As we say, you know, when we moved here, they said three to five years, and now it's like five to ten. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a process. Yes. (laughs) Tara asks, how do you keep yourself and or each other motivated in tough seasons when there's too much work or no work on the horizon? Oh, God, what a good question. Yeah. I honestly, I just think after so many years of working In this industry, we have developed a level of resilience and that when one of us isn't feeling particularly resilient, the other one will feel resilient or, you know, someone will come out of a slump faster and pull the other one up. Very seldom are we both just completely defeated at the same time. So, (laughs) you know, which helps. And I think in terms of the like the too much work question, This whole pandemic has just, like, I am so grateful right now just to be employed when so many people have just suffered so much that, like, no matter what we have to do, which I have to say is an enormous amount right now, probably (laughs) the most slammed we've ever been in our whole career. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm employed. That's good enough for me. It's a laborious lark. And we're just kind of continuing on. We're just getting through it. Yes. No, we really are. We're in like a working 24-7 time period, and that's fine. Yes. <laughs> and and that's what we signed up for, and that's yeah. what we're going to do. And um, 
In August, we will um, get massages, hopefully, at the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa <laughs> and, and, and have a glass of champagne. Uh, oh, that sounds good. Liz, Andy is asking if things are considerably different for writers and showrunners now that the ATA-WGA dispute is over. That's an interesting question. It doesn't feel different for us because during that whole dispute, and we should remind everybody who doesn't know, what happened is that the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, had a contract dispute with the Agents uh, Association and writers left their agents um, en masse. And then there's... Months and months and months of negotiating over issues like packaging and transparency and all sorts of things. And now it's all been resolved. But during that tumultuous time, a lot changed. So, for instance, our agent, Matt Solo, who we adored, he actually left and became a manager. But by the time he became a manager, we had already ourselves signed up with a manager, Diane Fraser, who we had on the show and who is like so wonderful. And we have a lawyer. So for us, we're just continuing on with our manager and our lawyer. And I mean, Sarah, we haven't even discussed if we want to also get an agent. It just hasn't even come up. It hasn't. No. And I do know that there were a lot of writers who were very, very, very happy to be able to go back to their agents. Yes. I think especially like for middle and lower level writers, the agent is a key part of getting work. It's, you know, as for us, I mean, look, for us, it's important too, because we realized when we had no representation that we just weren't hearing about many, many, many jobs. Well, and it just required so much kind of hustle from yes. us to be communicating with people constantly, which, you know, we just don't have time for. And as for how the actual new deals will play out, the new contracts, you know, I don't think we know yet. I think that will sort of make itself known over the next few years. Yes. Oh, and Liz Christie has a question about screenwriting. She says, what's your general opinion on screenwriting contests for someone trying to get noticed, read, representation? There are so many contests out there. Are there any you recommend in particular? Now, I know that we have answered this question before, and we posted a link in our show notes to a list of contests that is really reputable. So I would say maybe in the show notes of this episode, let's figure out what that episode was and we'll link to it. Good idea. <laughs> okay. But in general, yes, they're a good idea. Anything you can sort of add to your resume is helpful. Yes. Okay. And finally, Sarah, we have a question from Pepper, one of our favorite Happier in Hollywood listeners. So Pepper asks, I'm curious about the new show. How many episodes will the season be? How many writers are in the writer's room? Are they all upper-level writers? Okay, well, it's 10 episodes airing on Fox late summer. We only have three writers. It is an extremely small staff. It's the smallest staff we've ever been a part of, much less, you know, run. Yes, we have two full-time writers, and then we have a consulting producer who, God bless him, has been very generous with his time. <laughs> So I would say we have two upper-level writers, Adria and Ben, who's our consulting, and then um, one lower-level writer, Mary. So we have three writers, and um, we're also really lucky, Sarah, because we have some amazing people doing freelance episodes. Yes. One of the challenges of this show is that the schedule is incredibly tight. So we knew we would have to have multiple episodes going at once. So we are hiring these just 
absolutely incredible freelance writers to do episodes. And I mean, that's been one of my favorite parts about this show is getting to work with some really incredible people on on an episode to episode basis. Yes, that I agree. That has been one of like an unexpected delight. It really has. And we cannot wait for everyone to see these wonderful episodes of Fantasy Island on Fox starting in August. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole 30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fain. We also have a wonderful Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, we didn't get to answer the question from Mary who wanted to know what it was like to work separately for a year and how is it working together in person again? <laughs> and we don't know yet. We don't know. Well, yeah, well, maybe that should be our uh, a question we answer next week. Yes. Yes. Hopefully uh, we still like each other. <laughs> From the Onward Project.